0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome, welcome to the Matthew Talk Show. I'm your host, Leopardy Matthew talking Pump Up. up. it's July twelfth, two 2019 at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. How y'all guys doing out there on Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards? How y'all guys doing today? It is hot outside today, guys, on this Friday evening. Oh, wow. I mean, morning. It's very hot outside. So I hope you guys out there. Enjoy your day at work or school, or wherever you're at. Try to bring plenty of water out there. Uh, big shout out to everybody on Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Um, we have a great, great show today. You might know this woman from uh, different TV appearances, such as The Red, uh, The Royal Family, and Class Act. We're going to bring our guest. We're keep waiting, Miss Rn Adele. Welcome to the show. Good morning or good evening. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fine, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for taking time out to come on the Matthew Talk Radio Show. Of course.
1: I'm going to sit here and, (laughs) and drink my tea and talk to you. Go ahead. (laughs)
0: What kind of tea you got there What kind of tea you got
1: (laughs) Well it's um, hibiscus It's hibiscus tea It has a lot of vitamin C in it I have a little A little um, throat thing going on You know in and out of um, Air conditioning sometimes You get a little Congestion so I'm just drinking my tea
0: Yeah tea does help you a lot It does help you a lot With the immune system and all that uh, let's get yeah, this started. Uh, a lot on. of people have some questions here. Um, how did you get started okay. in show business?
1: How did I get started in show business? Let's see. Well, in second grade, I was cast to play the Blessed Virgin Mary in a Christmas play. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Catholic school, um, okay. and that's true. I'm not being funny about that. Um, I think I always wanted to be. <clears throat> I think I always wanted to be an actress from an early age. And when I was a kid, my big dream was to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. And wow. I just, I just knew I wanted to be a musketeer. And it's funny because Annette Funicello, who is Italian, now you don't, you're young, you don't know any of this stuff, but I'm going to give you a little history here. Annette Funicello yes. was um, Italian, and so she wow. had. Darker skin and you know olive skin and dark dark curly hair, and she was Mm -hmm. someone I could relate to because she looked like me. And back in that time, there were not as many black people on TV. I mean, I can remember being outside playing, and my my mom would come to the door and say, "Oh, come in the house, come in the house. There's a black person on (laughs) Jeopardy. Run into the house." So I saw her, and I just seeing someone that I could identify with made me believe that I could make my dream come true. Now, the irony of this is that uh, right before uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, the edge of night would come on. And whenever I mm-hmm. talk to young people, whenever I, I do motivational speaking, I say, the secret to being, to dreaming a really big dream is that if you – if you reach for the stars and you don't make it, at least you'll make it to the moon. And I say, you know, I never got my big dream. I never got to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. But in the time slot, right immediately before that, was the soap opera Edge of Night. And I got to be on the edge of night. And when you aim high, coming in second best ain't half bad. Wow.
0: And you you also uh, was in the Wizard. With Michael
1: Jackson. Yes, I was. I played Aunt uh, Aunt uh, Auntie M and Uncle Henry's um, daughter, which kind of made me Dorothy's cousin. I don't. That's how it was explained to me by Sydney Lamette. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got to work. I didn't get to work with Michael, but I did get to work with Diana Ross, and she was just delightful.
0: Wow. Oh my God. How was that working with Diana Ross? I mean, she's a big icon. My mom. My mom loved her.
1: Oh you know what uh she's she's lovely and gracious, everything that you you would want a star to be. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in the opening scene before she goes to Oz at the big Thanksgiving scene where they're all singing around the table, and I walk in with her, and I'm carrying a baby, and she's helping me with the baby <clears throat> and so there was a big scene, and we worked on that for I guess maybe about a week. And then the following week, we had to do the exterior, where I walk in with the baby from out in the snow. And we shot the movie in uh, Astoria, Queens, in the studios over there. Mm -hmm. And the exterior we shot in Brooklyn. And they created all this fake snow and everything. And on that particular day, it was just... Diana, myself, Carlos Cleveland, who played my husband, and I can't remember who played the cab driver, but Teresa Merritt, <clears throat> who who played uh, Auntie... was she Auntie Anne? Yeah, I think she was. So anyway, um, we were in Brooklyn, and it was just, you know, a small group of actors, and we were, I was called to the set, and I remember we're outside. It was cold. It was winter, but there was not a lot. There was no snow. They had to make the fake snow. Right. And Diana was sitting in a, in a director's chair. And we were just standing. We were just having a conversation. And I'm standing next to her. And we're just talking. And, and all of a sudden, her eyes got really steely. And she looked at me. And she looked around. And suddenly she said, excuse me, but don't you see a lady standing here? Somebody get her a chair, <laughs> wow. and then she looked at me and she gave me a little nod, like I got you, my sister. I mean, it was yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I get goosebumps because yes, it was so, it was so wonderful. And then about I think maybe a year later, the movie had come out then, but I was doing a play at the New Federal Theater in New York on Henry Street, and I was doing a play with Ossie Davis and Ruby Dee. It was called. I, Take it from the
0: top. I do remember now. Oh
1: my god. Remember? It? Oh, okay. So I'm doing this play with Ossie and Ruby, and Diana Ross. You know, it's like the big buzz went around backstage. Diana Ross is here. Mm-hmm. Diana Ross is here. Well, I knew she came to see Ossie and Ruby, so right, you know, right. Diana Ross is here, and so the play was over. I go to the dressing room and. You know, Ossie and Ruby had their own dressing room. Then it was the girls' dressing rooms and the boys' dressing rooms. It's not like I had my own individual dressing room there, but by, by uh, the female cast in one dressing room. And the stage manager comes and knocks on the door, and he says, "Miss Ross wants to see you." And I said, "What?" And he says, oh, "Miss Ross wants to see you. She's in Ossie and Ruby's dressing room. She was she, she asked for you, so I came out. I went to the to the dressing room." And she was all dressed. I'll never forget that she was all dressed in white. She had on a white hat, and she had a white muff, and she had on a white coat, and she just looked elegant and gorgeous. And she said to me, "I thought I saw my little sister down there." And she said, "You were just delightful." (laughs) Now, I mean, that is, you know, that's a real. This is. She's a big star, but she's a human being, and a very generous Mm -hmm. and gracious person. I will never forget that because. You know that means a lot to a young actor.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you also work. You also um, work with Red Fox on the Royal Friday and, and uh Yes, I w. did.
1: Oh, oh,
0: Red Fox is a classic. I mean, until today, day, I still watch him. Um, you know, he's just so funny. You know, what it was like working with him?
1: He well, what you what you saw is what you got. I mean, Red Fox was. <laughs> pretty much Red Fox all the time. Again, here is another example of the bigger they are, the more gracious they are. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. And I say that because there are some stars, I'll put that in quotation marks, who are not gracious and generous and are mm-hmm. kind of snotty. and. Right. They And I think why when people like Diana Ross and Red Fox and Della Reese can be so gracious and and mm-hmm. open, you know, I, I really don't. And as a matter of fact, I take my lead from them because whenever I have been a series regular or a star of a show, right. I always made the point to be like the cruise director on the love boat. I'm going to be gracious right. and come up to the guest cast and welcome them to the set. Because yeah. when you when you aren't part of the, one of the regulars, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. feel like the new kid in school. And if you right. want to really get a good performance out of somebody, the best thing to do is to get an actor to relax. So I make a point yeah. to go over there and introduce myself and say, welcome, come on, you know. And, and that way you it should be a happy place going to the set every day. I don't believe in mm-hmm. diva dump. Um, but anyway, about Red, yes, Red was, he was funny. He was and mm-hmm. I remember at the table read he said one time he said, Why you gotta give me all the all these damn lines? He said, You know, you like, <laughs> got these people who, he said, Give them the lines. I'm already a star. Make them a star. I mean, that was real. That's a quote that's direct that's quote. Mm
0: mm mm mm. yeah, let me ask you this. You you, you got into comedy. I, I mean when I've seen you on TV uh with uh Classic and uh, the Royal Family other uh, TV appearances. I didn't really see you as a comedian. I mean, I mean, I I've seen you, but you know. But what made you you know get into comedy like that? Is it somebody that you uh, was inspired by or?
1: Um. Well, I I like doing comedy, and mm-hmm. I and I have I'm you talk to my friends. I'm funny in mm-hmm. real life and you know and i have a natural and i'm a writer so and mm-hmm. i'm a, kind of a smart-ass writer and i just oh write wow and, and, I, and, and i think funny you know i mean yeah, i i do right. right. I, you know i it's like and i turn i think you can turn anything tragic into comedy into for example
0: comedy. yes ma'am you
1: can that's true um i i'm a cancer survivor i had uterine oh. cancer <laughs> Oh, and God, so I uh, No, don't be sorry, girl Boy, girl, don't be sorry, child it's <laughs> like, I'm here, I'm fine Good, I, I'm i here um, Amen And so, and besides that and, You know, I had to have a hysterectomy But by that time I had already gone through menopause So, you know, big deal And like I say in my stand-up I said, you know, so I had a hysterectomy It's like getting an internal resilience If you're going to landscape the runway Why not declutter the terminal, But on boom. Right, right. Um, okay, think about that for a minute, because uh, I know you're grown. Yeah, you'll understand what I'm saying. But anyway, and <laughs> so when I do my stand up, I wow. have had women come up to me afterwards, and mm-hmm. they are so grateful. Some women who have had cancer and are survivors or mm-hmm. are in treatment, right. and because mm-hmm. I am able to make light of it it helps to it helps to lift their spirits you know they say comedy you know laughter is the best medicine yes, so if you it's can make somebody different. laugh it lifts their spirits mm-hmm. and honestly i consider my i consider my talent my gift mm-hmm. as my ministry mm-hmm. Amen. You know, God gave me these talents to do something with them, and that is my ministry. And my ministry is to give back, to enlighten, to inform, uh, you know, to heal people, to make somebody laugh. Amen. That you know, that yes, day. You know. I mean, I do drama yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But right. um, let me tell you something. I have the last dramatic show that I did was I did the um, uh, the blacklist. <clears throat> in New York. Okay, I've seen it. And seen I did that. two two episodes of the Blacklist. Those were 18-hour days. Uh, those were long mm. days it and is. and a lot of time I was just sitting in the trailer. My mm. energy doesn't do well in sitting around in a trailer all the time. Right. You know, and waiting uh-huh. around whereas on a sitcom, a sitcom especially if it's for camera if it's for camera, right. that means it's shot in front of a studio audience. It's, that used to do that back in the day. Then it kind of went out of style, but it's coming back in style again. And that's mm. because you get an immediate audience reaction, which is great. And you also uh, get to do like a little play every week. So you get to mm. grow your character and have your character experience different things every week. Also, you know, the pain is the same as a drama, but it's banker's hours. You go in at 10, you're Love home it. at 5. except done um, two days. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, it's like I'm older right. now. I, I don't need to be in a trailer for 18 hours. Just let me go in and do my little thing for six hours right. take exactly. my money and go home.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We got a lot of questions. She won't ask me questions, you know, and uh, if we have time to take some questions and some callers, if that's okay with you. Okay, Um,
1: that's fine.
0: We got got a a guy from uh, California, Ricky. He want to know what was it like working with Kid and Play?
1: Oh, they were fun. They were really delightful. Mm. And, you know, I had worked with Meshack Taylor. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on my cell phone, so if you hear a beep, oh, okay. some, I tell I people, don't call me between 11.30 and 12 o'clock, <laughs> That's okay. Somebody's calling me anyway, um, well, it was funny, because the first time we had a table read for the, you know, for the, and I got a chance to meet the whole cast, because I had auditioned for the director, and mm. the producer's, and the writer, but I had not auditioned with any of the other people. So the first time we had a table read, and <laughs> I remember uh, Chris Reed, you know, because I played um, uh, his mom, wow. and Loretta Devine mm-hmm. played, uh, plays mom. So he's going mm-hmm. around, he's going, like, he's looking, he goes like, mom, mom, mm. and I thought, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, because it's like, this is my mama, okay, mama. He was <laughs> alluding to you know he was being playful, right. playful, getting playful, mm-hmm. there you go. Right. Uh, but they were fun. It was a, that was a fun shoot. Um, I've been very blessed. I've worked with some good people, and I've had mm-hmm. some very positive experiences.
0: Amen, amen. We have another uh, question from Cindy from Idaho. Do you ever keep mm-hmm. in contact with with the cast members that you work with? Uh,
1: I do with. You know, people people go off and and do other things. So sometimes you're you know you're there and then you're not there. I have kept in, I kept in touch with Della. I was at I actually okay. went to Della's funeral.
2: Oh. Um.
1: And I got a chance to see her. I actually got a chance to see her before she passed. Um, oh, are
2: you serious? And
1: wow. Yeah, I mean, she was. I. And. You know, wait a second. This is I'm telling all on myself. You know that Della oh. is, um, is a was a metaphysical minister.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am.
1: And but she was she was real. I mean, she was you know she was real. Dela, you know, Della's from Detroit. She didn't take no stuff. Right. So she, yeah. She's, she's lying there, and she had stopped. You know, basically stopped any treatment. So. So this Mm -hmm. was her her transition, her going home, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and she was lying there, and I was I was just you know stroking her forehead, and I I said, and I said I said I said hey mama you know I got here in time to see you it's good to see you I'm getting a little choked up now and I said now Uh I know where you're going you're gonna be really connected Mm -hmm. so you tell those Mm -hmm. people up in heaven you know that, that I need another TV series so you work on that for me. And I swear to you, she she could not talk. She she could oh. not, you know. She could not, you know. She she was. But I swear to you, her eyes flickered and she looked me in the eye. And I swear, I heard her voice saying, "Now you know, Hefa, you can do that to damn self. You got it. You got it going <laughs> on. Saying, oh, it's your serious." Mm-hmm. Right. That's <laughs> how so she
0: sounded. Oh my god. She she was she's uh, think- a very terrific woman.
1: You know, she was, she was very strong and just, you know, wonderful. Like I said, I've been blessed Amen. to work with some really Amen. good people. And and I stay in touch with the, my Edge of Night cast. I stay in touch with okay. them. a lot of the Edge of Night fans on Facebook. There's a big Edge of Night community, so I stay in touch with them. And as a matter of fact, Karen Parsons from Class Act was yeah. mm-hmm. in town recently to promote her book. Karen Parsons has a book on people. You know, Karen Parsons, who oh, was in wow. class back then, Fresh Friends, buy her book. <laughs> She's lovely. Hey. And um, I went to her book signing, and we talked. And, yeah, I think I think there's a community. When you work with people, sometimes you might not see them for many years. But when you reconnect, it's just like yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello? We okay, got, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, okay. We've got some uh, other callers coming in. Uh, I'm going to take a call uh, and let some other people ask you some questions here. Call over
2: 614 if you want to air. Okay. You're kind uh, of hi Ma- breaking up. So. liking it. breaking up for me, too. Oh, okay. Hello. Can everybody hello? hear me? Can you hear me?
1: Can you I can hear,
2: hear you, Miss Marianne. I can hear oh, Matthew. Hello? Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Matthew. Okay, because it is a lot of breaking up uh, going on. How are you, Miss Marianne? Marianne?
1: I I am fine, thank you. How are you? Who am I talking to?
2: I'm blessed. My name is Camelia, and I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Hello. And, and uh, hi, hon. I wanted to say I do know uh, Matthew may not because, like you said, he's a little younger, so he probably wouldn't remember the Mickey Mouse Club, Flippo, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> uh
1: huh. Um.
2: But I do, and uh that was one of my shows too, of course, you know we didn't have a lot of like you said uh that that represented but you know what
1: I'm talking about then. yep,
2: yes, I do, yes, I do, Edge and light was another I, I i was I wasn't forced to watch it, but my grandmother always watched here it came on channel Ten, you had the guiding Light, and love is a madeprint the thing as the world turned, you know, all those don't come mm-hmm. on anymore. Uh, the, but, secret uh, my, the, secret the
0: secret storm. the secret
2: storm? All of that, I watched it all. We used to have like it would be like almost ten of them in a day, uh, starting at yep. ten in the morning. <laughs> and my grandmother always another watched world? Channel Ten. Another world. And I think that that was on another channel, but like we had As the World Turned on mm-hmm. Channel Ten, and I think the Angel Night might have been on because I think it came on here right before uh, Dark Shadows because we would run home with kids trying to see the vampire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So my grandmother, I was uh, uh, blessed to be raised by her as well as my parents, and she would wash my hair and braid it, and I'd be sitting there between her legs, and she'd be doing all that while she's watching the stories. And one day I got stuck on sitting there. Out of all the times that she's done my hair, I never paid much attention because I was so busy squinting from my hair being cold, you know, very tender-headed. Still am.
1: Okay, now but, you know, that's uh, funny because that's exactly how I got turned on to The Edge of Night because I would sit there in front of my, you know, right in front of my mother, and she would braid my hair, so that's how I feel about The Edge of Night because at that time I didn't care anything about the soap operas. I wanted to see the Mickey Mouse Club. That is so funny. The, yep, we are of the same generation. Yeah, I just
2: got a little something in common. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, yeah, so I, did, I did want to uh, say that, uh, that, yes, I, I do remember those shows, and I miss those, those days, too, as well. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, when you did get the part, how did you come about getting the part on the edge of night? And who did you play? What was Who was your character? Uh, I, I D. D. hadn't Bannister. seen it in so long. Who, who was he? I had
1: who? played Dee Dee Bannister Stoner.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, I that name. Had, was
1: it. Calvin and Dee Dee. It was Calvin and Dee Dee.
2: Okay, yeah, I can't remember that uh, name because it's been so long now. And I said, I'm going to pull it up on... Power 6, see if I can okay. bring that back up and watch you on there again. <laughs> okay. Well, but when you know, got the part, there, this go ahead. I'm sorry. There
1: are video. There are videos all over YouTube because, like I said, okay. there's such a large Edge of Night community that okay. there are fans who weren't even born when when the Edge of Night was on the air. But they okay. discovered that oh, because, you know, it was different. It was a mystery. It was more like Perry Mason. It was different than some of the other soap operas.
2: Yeah, okay. and there's something you said, Prairie Mason, because I love Prairie Mason, too. I'll be watching it. my fiance right. he knows it, to back me up on that. I watch Prairie Mason pretty much. Right. It just brings back those days for me. But when you got your part, you said so that was the first uh, part that you had on television? Was it Ed and uh, no, I? No,
1: I, I had done other things I did. I, made, I was living in New York, and I did a lot of theater and uh, And then I did uh, TV commercials, so I had done a lot of commercials. Um, and, and there was back in the days, there was something that came out monthly. It was called Ross Reports. And Ross Reports was a little industry magazine that would give you keep you up to date on uh, who the casting people were, who the agents were in town, and and who the producers were. So I always made sure that I kept up to date with uh, Ross reports and
2: okay.
1: <clears throat> and who the casting people were, and I got it and I noticed, oh, Edge of Night has a new casting director. So I always made sure that, and this is what I tell actors, you know, it's called show business. If you want to, if you want to get to do the show, you better do your business. So I always made yeah. sure that I that all the casting people had my picture and resume. So I put my picture and resume in an envelope, made sure the casting director had it. Well, I guess maybe three or four months later, I got a phone call, um, and they wanted me to come in and read for this, for the Edge of Night*, and it was directly from the casting director, as opposed to, an agent because I was in, at the time you could freelance with different agencies and I didn't get a call from the agent, but I got a call directly from the casting director. So I went and I auditioned once. Then I went in and auditioned again. And then I went in and auditioned for the producers. And then, and then after the third audition, it was narrowed and they must've seen about 200 women, most of whom were, uh, and I mean, some of them were doing Broadway, all kinds of, everybody wanted this job, but, um, and I had not even been submitted by an agent and wow. because they thought of me as, as somebody who does commercials, So they hadn't thought of me as uh, you know, like maybe they didn't think my name was big enough. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't submitted, but by the, by that time, they were going to screen test four people, and the testing director said, well, I think you better call up one of the agents that you work with because before you shoot the screen test, you're going to have to negotiate your deal. So I said, okay. So I got a chance to pick who I wanted to work with as an agent oh, because basically i have given them the money because 10% of my salary because they had done anything. So the day of the screen test, there were four of us. We're in the green room. John Sedgwick was the uh, director. They did the screen test at the end of the day when they had already shot the show. We came in. We were introduced to Irving Lee, who was going to be the love interest. It was to, pay, to create a love triangle between him and his wife, who was on the road, and he was a he was a cop and. Our, my character was an attorney, and she had to come in and and talk to the cops about getting one of her how they had mistreated one of her clients so it was kind of an antagonistic scene between the you know that kind of uh tension between the cop and the lawyer
2: yeah. so they brought
1: the four the four actresses out, and we the, the directors sort of gave us the run-through of where we were supposed to go, what was supposed to happen in the scene. And then he said, we'll bring you out here one at a time. We'll give you a chance to rehearse the scene, and then uh, we'll shoot it. (laughs) Well, I was the last person to go. By this time, it's late at night. People have spent, been all day, and I thought, no, they just wanted to go home. So I come out, and the director says to me, well, you know what? You know, why don't we just shoot your rehearsal? You know, you'll, oh, you'll get a second chance if you screw up. You know, you do will just shoot your rehearsal. And in my mind, I thought, there's no way in hell I'm going to second chance. These people want to get out of here. <laughs> that just gives you more tension, and it's a ten-page scene. So as I walk through the door into the police uh, precinct, we're t- having, I'm having a conversation with Irving Lee, who played Calvin. And all of a sudden, I hear this oboe music.
2: Do, And I'm going like, what
1: the hell is that? <laughs> because the show was so cheap, that they, let, let's say frugal, in how they produced the show, that they would they wouldn't put the music track on in post-production. They would lay the music on during the scene. I had no idea. However... I tend to be very musical, and that music relaxed me, and it was really sexy music. And I thought, Uh (laughs) oh, so there's antagonism, but there's a little something something going on between the two of them. And that's exactly how I played the scene. And when I, my first day on the set after I got hired, the assistant casting director said, she said, you know, I watched all the screen tests, and when you came in, the two of you together, it was like magic. And I think that was wow. just God ha- God's hand saying, I'm going to make sure that you get to thing. Just listen to the music, girl. I got you. So anyway. Wow. Cool. God, do you think story.
2: it had a lot to
1: do with
2: the fact
0: no, that you the, home, the, home, the, the home, miss, miss, call, call her home. Mr. Dell. we got uh, four minutes. We've got a show by the end. Can you uh, tell us how can we get in contact with you or uh, how can people get in contact with you?
1: Well, uh, I'm on Facebook. Just hit
2: me up on Facebook.
0: Mm. And, and, and May, may be I say one more
2: person? thing Before you end the show I just want to say that I am I just want to tell her how I enjoyed. I, I'm a poor up edge tonight. I couldn't remember But now that you're seeing I'm kind of remembering But I have had the pleasure of seeing you on your other shows You're so delightful I think you are oh, a very good so actress much. And I hope thank that you. I'll be able to get another chance To talk with you and I have so many questions So
1: <laughs> okay, well, maybe day, The show is have just so back. long
2: yeah,
1: that would be wonderful. It's been so delightful okay. talking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, and by the way, people, let me plug my show. I'm getting Thank ready to go to the um, National Black... But... Oops.
0: Matt? Are yes, i I'm, I'm here. Yes, ma'am. Where okay. will you be appearing at, to... at? The next show.
1: I will be peer- appearing at the National Black Theater Festival in Winston-Salem, North Carolina um, wow. on July the Let's see, July 31st, April, uh, August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And the name of my show is Getting Old as a Bitch, but I'm going to wrestle that bitch to the ground. It's a comedy. Wow. <laughs> uh, and I've well, it myself. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, I will follow you and uh, keep updates on your show and hopefully that you come back on our show again to uh, tell us more, you know, about what's going on in your career.
1: Okay. Okie dokie. And and I, and you, listen, I hope to any young actor who's listening in right now or any older actor too, the key to success is just to not quit. And if they're not hiring you, you create a vehicle like you have done for yourself as the tiger impersonator. You do whatever it is that you need to do, but don't let anybody else's know, stop here yet, okay?
0: Yes, ma'am. I do appreciate it. And hopefully I get to meet you one day and work with you one day.
1: Well, mate, we'll see from your master's <laughs> <ideas. laughs> uh,
0: You have a blessed weekend and all that.
1: Okay, you too, Matt. Okay, take care. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye-bye.